And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. I can see you right now in the kitchen, bending over a hot stove, but I can't see the stove. Who knows what evil lurks in the hearts of men? The shadow knows. <laughs> Would you mind telling me whose brain I did put in? And you won't be angry? I will not be angry. Abby someone. Abby someone. Abby who? Abby normal. What do you do, Carl? Carl is a inventor slash entrepreneur. Yeah, I'm still looking for that home run, you know? I mean, when I saw the iPod first time, I was like, yeah, I could have kicked myself. That was so hard on him. What's your name? Carl's my name. Atomic batteries to power. Turbines to speed. Roger. Ready to move out. Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents the best in classic radio. This hour on Hollywood 360, Frank Lovejoy stars as Chicago newspaper reporter Randy Stone, roaming the windy streets in search of another human interest story on Nightbeat from 1950. Then, Gracie signs a new singer to a contract on part one of the Burns and Allen show from 1941. With me to help present these radio classics is my co-host, Lisa Wolf. What's up, Lisa? What's up, Carl? You have some very deep dimples there, young lady. I know. I was born that way. Were you? Yeah. yeah. Okay. And all this smiling little spackle just could help. help. Some spackle would help a lot. A little fill it in a little yeah, bit. Yeah, go to Home Depot, get some spackle. I'll see what I can do. What's happening in Hollywood? Well, Forbes has just come out with their highest paid actors and actresses of 2016, which runs from June of 2015 through June of 2016 for mm-hmm. the past 12 months. Mm-hmm. And this hour, we're going to talk about the actresses. Mm. Next hour, we'll talk about the actors. Hmm. So who is the highest paid actress of 2016 at $46 million? Wow, the highest paid actress, huh? Wow. Mm. Well, this is who you should meet. Ooh. She is a young single gal. Really? I'm going to say the girl from the... Uh Wow, what's her name? Yep, that's Jennifer, her. Jennifer Lawrence. That is her. Ah. Ding, 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 ding. I would definitely. She doesn't even need the money. I, da- I, I have my own she money. She doesn't need the money? She does, I don't want any of her money. I'd really? date her without. Without the she money. She can keep her money. She's she's a winner. I have my own money. You have your own. I think she's. <laughs> <laughs> you keep yours, I'll keep yeah. mine, and I'm We'll happy. sign a prenup. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you will. <laughs> and who is number two uh, at $33 million? Jennifer Aniston? No, she is number four at twenty-one million dollars. I don't know who's number number one was Jennifer Lawrence. Number two, Melissa McCarthy at thirty-three million. Yeah. Number three is she's married though, so she's not going to date me. Number three, you like her too, Scarlett Johansson at twenty-five million. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. She could keep her money too. That's right. You don't need her money. (laughs) I don't need her money. What do you need? Yeah. Not her money. Not her- <laughs> <laughs> These are some real winners this yeah, year. Yeah, I'll we say. Can look forward to hearing about some of the some actors. Some pretty as gals well. there too. Yes, indeed. Thanks, Lisa. Thanks, Carl. All right, it's time now for a night beat. One of my favorite drama shows stars Frank Lovejoy as newspaper reporter Randy Stone. He roamed the Chicago streets in search of human interest stories for his newspaper column, Great Trauma. This is from April 10th, 1950. It's called I Know Your Secret. Here's Frank Lovejoy in part one of Night Beat. Night Beat. Hi, this is Randy Stone. I cover the Night Beat for the Chicago Star. 
Stories start in many different ways. This one started with a secret. A secret that ended with the river. Night Beat, starring Frank Lovejoy as Randy Stone. To most people, nightlife in Chicago means swimming in the honky-tonks, a fast tour of the taverns, or a ringside table at the Shea Paris. To me, it's more than that. Nightlife is made up of the stories that happen in the lives of ordinary people that wouldn't happen in the light of day. And I've got headlines to prove it. It's the time when darkness can hide the ugliness of dirt and misery, or the gloom can make it worse. Those same shadows that are a big help to Cupid can be a cover for crime. And some little thing that today caused fear, tonight can build into despair. This was a night for driving, cool and clear with a suggestion of spring. It was dusk when I started, what I intended to be a short drive, but it was late when I turned back to town. I hadn't spotted a story and none had caught up with me. At Oak Street Beach, where Lakeshore Drive turns and Michigan Avenue begins, I quit kidding myself that I could find the story on wheels and headed for the paper to park my car. I was just approaching the bridge when I saw the girl... Standing on the rail, her arms held rigid at her sides. I jammed the brakes and stopped within 20 feet of where she stood. And then, as I opened the door, she jumped. Hey! I ran to the rail and vaulted over into the icy river. And the girl was nowhere in sight. Hello! And then she came up so close that her shoulder brushed against me. <laughs> Grabbed him and started for the bank. Let me alone. Let me alone. Look, lady, let's get out of the water. Let me alone, please. Please let me alone. You know what they teach you in life saving? If the victim resists, I don't want it to get rougher. Come on. No. No. A little farther. A little more. There. Climb up. Climb up. There, that's better. Why did you do it? Why did you do it? They know. They know what? What are you talking about? They know my secret. They know my secret. Now you can tell me about it in the car. It looks like I'm going your way. We stumbled up the bank and under the bridge. People were starting to gather at the rail. I put the girl in the front seat of my car and I pulled away fast. I hate a curious The girl huddled over against the door, shivering. She didn't make a sound until we crossed the bridge. And she began to cry. (laughs) Want to tell me about it? All right, you've been a hero. Why don't you let me alone? Look, I'm only trying to make it easier for you. Strangely enough, when you try to take your own life, it becomes a matter for the police. Oh, no. Does that frighten you? I don't want to see the police. They want to see you? Why don't you mind your own business and leave me alone? I want to help you. No one can help me. No one. Nothing's ever that bad. Just seems like it. That's easy to say about somebody else. Well, I know it wasn't very original, but neither is jumping off a bridge. Uh, Are you a detective? No, no, I'm just a guy. Why did you go in after me? Oh, I saw you jump just as I drove up. Reflex, maybe. I was in the water before I had time to think. I guess I do owe you something. Well, now that's more like it. I'll settle for a cup of hot coffee and some dry clothes. I can make the coffee. I don't know about the dry clothes. Maybe the janitor can find you some. It's quite a trade. A cup of coffee for my life. 
One of us is getting gypped. She talked after that, and I could tell it was to keep me from asking questions. I couldn't make her out. If she was still angry, she didn't show it. It was a reaction I'd never seen before. She wasn't happy or unhappy. It seemed more that... Well, did you ever see anyone who was resigned to living? I drove to the address she gave me on Walton Street. It was a better-than-average apartment house, a good district. No clues there to suicide. She even joked a little as we reached the front door. Sorry, I must have left my bag in the river. Oh, the, the janitor will let us in. Must be pretty exclusive here. Hmm? If I hadn't noticed it, why do you say that? Only three names on all those letterboxes. Well, that's all there are. Wanda Rhodes, that's me, and, and Miss Henrietta Dietz. Etta lives across the hall. And Judson. He died seven months ago. Then there are only two people living in this big building? Well, there's the manager, but he's hardly ever here, and the janitor, why? Well, maybe you haven't heard there's a housing shortage in Chicago. Don't tell me the house is haunted. No. No, I guess not. I don't get it. What do you want? Oh, let us in, Lucky. I lost my key. What happened to you, Miss Rhodes? You're all wet. Oh, she had an accident. She was walking on the pier, and she slipped. Oh, uh, this is... Randy Stone. Uh, yes, he helped me out. Could you find Mr. Stone some other clothes? I need something dry to wear at home. I'll bring them back. I don't know. Well, anything will do as long as it's dry. Here's a deposit. When I return your clothes, you can keep it as rent. Well, all right. Walking on piers tonight. Bringing home strange men. Bound for... <laughs> Are you feeling better? I'm beginning to, Mr. Stone. Randy, hmm? All right, Randy. Let's get that coffee, huh? Oh, all the comforts of home. What is it, Wanda? What is it? Look, in lipstick on the mirror. I know you're sick. Oh, it's there. <laughs> All right, easy, baby, easy. Sit down here with your back to it. That's better. Now, what's it all about? I... I can't tell you everything. But tell me what you can. It'll do you good. Well, all right, I'll try. At, at first, it, it was typewritten notes. What do they say? That. I know your secret? Yes. Go on. First one was yesterday. No, no, the day before. It was slipped under the door. Wasn't signed, of course. Oh, no, none of them were. How many notes have you had? I don't know. They, they were everywhere under the door in my mailbox. I even found one in the laundry. Say anything about it to anyone? Oh, no. Not... Not till you... you... You don't understand. Yeah, I think I understand. Who else knows about this uh, secret? No one. No one here in Chicago. What else happened other than the notes? There were the sounds. But I, I can't be sure about that. What sounds? I may have imagined it. The notes got on my nerves, I guess. I, I began to hear things, you know, boards creaking, footsteps. I, I'd hear something outside in the hall when I'd open the door that there'd be nothing there. Imagination can do strange things. I, I tried going out to get it off my mind, but that made it worse. I dreaded coming home. I knew what I'd find. You let those notes drive you... Then there was the phone. There was no mistake about that. That began late this afternoon. Hello? 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 Hmm. Hello? Hello? 
this. Oh, ring. Go ahead. Ring your head off. Hello. Hello. Oh. Look, what are you trying to do? I'll fix you. I'll leave the receiver off the hook. There. That'll settle that. All the crazy things. Well, ring, go ahead. See if you can ring now. Oh. Hello. This is the service operator. Is your receiver off the hook? Well, yes. Are you using this line? Well, no, but you see... Then I must ask you to hang up your receiver. Operator, let me explain. M- my phone keeps ringing. When I answer, there's no one there. There is a party waiting for your line. Well, is it a man or a woman? I'm sorry, we cannot give out that information. Will you please replace your receiver and see if your number can be dialed? Oh, all right. Hello? Hello? Number, please. Oh, I want the service operator, please. I will ring the service department. I am ringing. Service operator. Oh, operator, something has got to be done about this phone. What is your trouble, madam? Well, I just talked to you. You made me hang up my receiver. Oh, that must have been another operator. If you will tell me your trouble, I will have it checked. Look, my my, my phone keeps ringing and ringing and ringing, and, and when I answer it, there's no one there. I, I can't stand it. My nerves are shot as it is. I, I can't stand it, I tell you. Well, the trouble may be in your phone. Well, of course it's in my phone. That's what I'm trying to tell you. If the trouble is in the instrument, it cannot be checked until morning. Morning? Well, what am I supposed to do until then? I can't stand here and listen to this thing ring all night. We will send a serviceman as soon as we can. Yes, yes, you just do that. But until he gets here, this receiver stays off the hook. I'm sorry, madam, you cannot do that. Why not? Just see if you can stop me. I'm sorry, madam, you cannot do that. Who does she think she is? Oh, hello. This is the service operator. What do you want now? Is your receiver off the hook? Yes, my receiver is off the hook. You know it is. I told you I was going to leave my receiver off, and that's what I'm going to do. I'm sorry, you cannot do that. Can I? Well, who's going to stop me, I'd like to know. Your number is on a four-party line. When your receiver is up, it stops the service on all the lines. I must insist that you replace your receiver. And what will you do if I don't? It's my duty to see that the lines are open. I will have to keep ringing until you do. Oh! Hello! 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 The phone kept ringing. And ringing. Until I guess I went a little crazy. I grabbed my coat and ran down the hall. When I got to the front door, I found a note pasted on the glass. I know your secrets. I... I don't know just what happened after that. I... I remember running. And that cold water. Is there someone who would really want to harm you? Yes, I... I don't know. All right, we'll see. 
You should be getting out of those wet clothes. Come on now, find something warm and dry. Oh, what about you? Oh, does that answer your question? I think that's my tailor now. Now go in and change and knock before you come back. What? Yeah, just like that. Oh. Here's some clothes. Oh, you must be the man from Sears. Hmm? Oh. What's that? It's something you can do for me, Pop. My name's... They call me Lucky. What is it you want? I want the names and present addresses of some of the tenants who used to live here. What do you want that for? I want to ask them why they moved from here. What business is it of yours? It's none. I'm just curious. Uh, that ain't in my department. Uh-huh. Would this uh, help you find that information? Uh, sure easy with your money, ain't you? But put it away. It won't do you no good. First place, I don't know where they moved. Second place, I can tell you why. I go myself and I had any place to move. Well, why did they move? Because this is a crazy house, that's why. People walking around all hours, a peeping and a prying. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't be meaning that for me, would you? No, no, for you. Wandering all over they was. Top floor, this floor, even in the basement. I saw them a-looking and a-searching. Searching for what? I ain't a-saying. Now, tell me what you mean, Pop. Uh, Lucky, you can tell me about it. There ain't nothing more I'm going to say except this. Just heed, mister, you don't get in somewhere you can't get out of alive. There I stood in a strange apartment, wringing wet with an armful of shabby, faded clothes and a door slammed in my face. Well, I wonder what that was all about. Must be as nutty as a candy bar. Just heed, mister, you don't... Yeah! Can I come in now? Oh, not yet. Has Lucky gone here? Yeah. Who are you talking to? Oh, myself. It's getting me, too. Okay, come on in. What's getting you to, Randy? This house. Next, I'll be hearing things. You don't believe me? Oh, sure, sure. I believe most of it happened. The rest was the product of fear and panic. What about this... This uh, Henrietta, what's her name? Etta? What about her? Think she'd know anything? If she doesn't, it's not her fault. She tries to keep an eye on everything. Well, maybe I should get my stories from her. That's a gal I want to see. Come on. Not me. I wouldn't be caught dead. <gasps> yeah. All right, you make some coffee. I'll be back. I stepped across the hall, rang the buzzer. There was no answer. I rang again several times. I knocked, and I waited. And then I heard it. it. sounded like someone in trouble, someone moaning. I put my shoulder to the door at the same time I tried the knob. The door opened to my touch, and I almost fell into the room. There in the center of the floor swayed a little white-haired lady, and she was singing. In her hand, she held a typewritten note. When she saw me, she smiled pleasantly. Hello? I'm sorry to break in like this. I, I rang. Well, come in. I see you got a note, too. What? That note. Uh, oh, this. Oh, yes, isn't it exciting? Here, see? I know your secret. What? I know your secret. Speak up, young man. Don't be afraid of me. I know your secret. Oh, you do? Then you must be the one who sent this. Do you have one? Oh, dear. Just a minute while I fasten my aid. Now, uh, what did you say? Do you have one? You needn't shout, young man. I can hear perfectly well. Now, what is it you want to borrow? Do I have one what? Do you have a secret? <laughs> a secret? I thought you said you knew. All right, look, let's, uh, let's start over. Now, I walked in. You were holding a typewritten note in your hand which said, I know your secret. I read the note. I did not send it. That clear? Why, yes, it seems so to me. Uh, what is it you don't understand? Miss, uh... Dietz. Miss Dietz. 
Do you have a secret? <laughs> Young man, I am 60. Uh, that is 58. I taught school for more than 25 years. I am not deformed nor disfigured. There are those who even called me attractive. <laughs> it is so hard to believe that at some time in my life, there has occurred one event that could be called my secret. Well, has there? Not that I can think of. I should have known better. All right, thank you, Miss Dates. I'm afraid you can't help me after all. Well, try. Ask me something. All right, okay, okay. Yes. Once, once more. <laughs> what can you tell me about the tenants who were here, the last ones to move? Oh, I can tell you plenty. Now, there was that Mr. Taylor. He was a traveling man, and you know how traveling men are. Mm -hmm. Yes. Then there was that Mrs. May. That one, she spent a fortune on psychiatrists, but that didn't keep her from drinking alone. <laughs> you know, she would draw the shades. She said it was her eyes. <laughs> and she would come out for three or four days. <laughs> uh, do you know why they moved? No, I don't. I know where they moved, though. Yes, I, I have it uh, right here. <laughs> there, here you are. Thank you, yes, thank you. Now, let me tell you about No, their... no, no, thank you, Miss Deeds. I know when I've had enough. And that's the first portion of Night Beat with I Know Your Secret starring Frank Lovejoy. Let's take a break, then it's more when we return. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Are you a fan of classic radio? Shows like Abbott and Costello. What's the guy's name on first base? No, what is on second base? I'm not asking you who's on second. Who's on first? One base at a time. Well, don't change the Gunsmoke. I'm that man. Matt Dillon, United States Marshal. Inner Sanctum. This is your host to welcome you in through the squeaking door. Fibber McGee and Molly. What day is this? Oh, no, let me see. This theory is our 15th wedding anniversary. And many more. As a thank you for listening to this show, we want to give you 10 of the best classic radio shows of all time absolutely free. Just log on to Hollywood360radio.com to get them today. You'll receive complete episodes of Sam Spade, Escape, Fibber McGee and Molly, Suspense, Abbott and Costello, Inner Sanctum, X-1, Gunsmoke, Our Miss Brooks, and Lights Out. Just log on to hollywood 360 Radio. Com and receive your 10 free classic radio shows today. That's Hollywood360radio.com. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. Before we get back to Nightbeat, I want to remind all of our listeners that we have a sponsor, a wonderful sponsor, by the name of Cat's Pride. And the CEO of that company, Dan Jaffe, gives away a year's supply of Cat's Pride kitty litter to one lucky listener of ours every single month. We have this drawing, and we ask our listeners to please send in photos of you and your kitty cat Send it to catspridephoto at gmail.com. And once a month, Dan Jaffe comes into the studio and randomly selects one lucky winner. But if you don't enter, you can't win. So take a picture of you and your kitty cat and email it to us at catspridephoto at gmail.com. And make sure you put your name, your cat's name, and your city and state. Do it right away because we give away a year's supply of Cat's Pride Kitty Litter every single month. 
All right, it's time now for the conclusion of Nightbeat with I Know Your Secret, starring Frank Lovejoy. Wanda had coffee made when I got back to her apartment. It was strong and hot. Wanda sipped and watched me. I drank one cup and I started on another. See her? Yeah, yeah. Why didn't you tell me? I tried to. I feel like I'm playing hopscotch. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. Oh, this, this whole thing is out of my line. I'm pulling out of it. Oh, well, that's just dense. Oh, now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. This is a matter for the police. I don't want the police to know anything about it. And I say that they should. If you've committed a crime and you're hiding, go to them and get it over. If not, they have detectives who can clear this up. No. I, I haven't broken any law. But there'd be publicity. I've seen it happen before. Pictures, names in the papers. Okay, okay, all right. It's your ball game. We'll play your rules. I'll go see what I can find out from the ones that moved. You are going to help me? Sure, baby, sure. Promise me you'll stay right here, hmm? Oh, I won't try it again. Once was enough. I started with the nearest ex-tenant, Mr. Taylor. He answered my second ring. He was wearing pajamas and street shoes. His body was moving, but his mind wasn't. Yeah, uh, what do you want? Mr. Taylor? Uh, yeah, I'm Taylor. May I come in? Oh, sure, come in. Well, what do you want? I want to ask you about the Walton apartments. Wal- Walton? Who are you? Why did you leave the Walton apartments, Mr. Taylor? What are you getting at? Did you receive threatening notes? Yeah, typewritten. What do you know about them? Was that why you left? Because someone knew too much? Take off, mister. I'm not buying. Were there phone calls, too? Calls when no one answered? You don't know when to quit, do you? First notes, then phone calls. Now in person. So you're the one. The one what? The one that drove you out? Proud of that, aren't you? You're pretty busy with that typewriter and that phone. Well, now I'll take my turn. Wait a minute, wait a minute. You got that wrong. Oh, you're the one that got it wrong, mister. I shouldn't have moved in the first place. I didn't write those notes. Yeah, I suppose somebody sent you. Well, I don't care which way it is. I got a message you can return. Now, listen to me. I listened long enough. I listened to that telephone, remember? I did not do... You want to back out. Should have thought of that before you rang my bell in the middle of the night. I'm trying to help. Help? Oh, that's a new one. I don't know what you want, but this is what you're going to get. Will you let me explain? Sure. Come back any time. We'll talk about secrets. traveling man. Taylor had a good right. I don't know what he sold, but it must have been heavy for his arm was in good condition. When I came to, I was lying in the hall in front of his door like a watchdog. I was convinced that Taylor was not interested in my explanations, so I went to see Mrs. May. I knocked several times at her door before it opened a little way. She looked at me and started to close the door again. I stopped her with my foot. She was in cream and curlers. I could have chinned myself on her breath. What do you want? I want to talk to you about the Walton apartments. I don't know anything about them. Who are you? I'm a reporter, Chicago Star. No, oh, I don't know you. You get out before I call the police. I wouldn't do that, Mrs. May. Why? The Walton apartments, remember? The Walton apartments. Why did you move? There's no law against it. What business is that of a reporter? Did you ever receive threatening notes or phone calls? No, I... I just wanted to move. That's all. So I did. Mrs. May, I know your secret. You. You're the one that sent those notes. You're the one that rang me all day and all night. What do you want with me? You can't blackmail me. I'll go to the police. I'll put a stop to this. Yeah, I'll put a stop to this. So you did receive typewritten notes. (laughs) Not the papers. I'll do anything, anything you say, but don't print anything in the papers. What do you want? Mrs. May, I want... I'll pay anything, anything. Only don't tell my secret. And all the time. 
I thought it was her. She watched me all the time. I was ashamed of what I'd done, but it was the quickest way, and there wasn't much time. I apologized for the ruse and the shock it had given her. When her alcoholic brain finally understood what I was saying, she turned her back and started for a tray of bottles on the table. I used her phone and called Wanda. No, no, don't call anymore. Wanda, I'll do anything, but only please don't call anymore. Wanda, Wanda, it's Randy Stone. Everything's all right. I'll be right over. Mrs. May didn't hear me when I left. Wanda was near collapse when I reached her apartment. Her phone had rung almost constantly since I left there, and it was still ringing. Randy, that phone is driving me crazy. All right, let it ring. I can't stand it. I can't stand it. i got to get out of here. Then maybe that would be better. I'll take you to a hotel. You can stay there the rest of the night. Pick up your things No, tomorrow. no, I've got to get out of this house. I won't live here with just a loony old woman and a snooping janitor. Okay, baby, okay. I'll ring for your trunks. Oh, the, the, the house phone? Use, use the house phone over there. Okay. Do I press a button? No, no, just lift the receiver up. He'll answer. I guess he isn't there. I... Oh, Pop, it's Randy Stone. I'm in Miss Rhodes' apartment. Will you bring up her trunk? She's moving out tonight. Okay, Lucky. That phone! That phone, I can't stand it. I've got to answer it, Randy. I've got... It stopped. Randy, it stopped. Yeah. It nearly had me stopped. Sometimes you look right at a thing and you never see it. It was there from the very beginning, but it was too easy and I refused to see it. I met Lucky at the door and helped him carry the trunk into Wanda's apartment. And I closed the door behind us. What's that for? Why'd you shut the door? There's another trunk out there. We won't be needing it, Lucky. But you said... She's that... changed her mind. She's not leaving tonight. But, but you said she was moving. Why do you want to drive the tenants to move? I don't do nothing. It was them. The, the people around at all hours uh, peeping and a-prying. Are you hiding something, Lucky? You. You've been snooping too, just like the others. I saw them down there, and you too, Miss Rhodes, trying to find out where I hid it. I don't know what you mean. Ah, you can't fool me. You found out about it. I saw you snooping in the basement, pretending you was doing your laundry. I know you want to steal it from I've me. I've never stolen anything in my life. I don't know what you're what talking about. What did you about. steal, Lucky? What did you steal and hide in the basement? I didn't steal it. I found it. Found it? Well, it was the same things finding it. It was in that suitcase Mr. Judson stored here when he came back from the war. It was loot. It weren't his. He stole it. I didn't. What was it, Lucky? A bag of jewels. A plain old canvas bag of jewels. Oh, they were so pretty. I never had nothing so pretty before. If you took them from his case, that's stealing. But I didn't. The case got knocked off in the basement and come open. He, he never come back. He was killed in that plane crash. That makes it mine. Now, don't it? The same as I find it. You were the one that was phoning me? Sure. I knew if I could scare you off, you'd quit snooping. And I would have, too, if that nosy newspaper guy hadn't butted in. But how did you know about my secret? <laughs> I didn't. Then why did you type those notes? I knew you had a secret. Everybody has one. And if you thought I knew about it, you wouldn't tell about me. You didn't know anything about Wanda? No. When I tried the first time, the people moved, and that gave me the idea, so I've been doing it ever since. Lucky, that's what they call me, lucky. And now your luck has run up. No, it ain't. This was in the bag, too. A gun? Yes, Miss Nose, your loaded gun. Hey, oh, what's that? It's the phone. I'll take care of that gun now. Oh, no, no, not again. All right, baby, I'll answer. Hello. 
We have been able to check your line. We cannot locate your trouble. Oh, yes. Uh, thanks a lot, operator. You can cancel the complaint. We've located the trouble right here. Oh, an operator. Get me the police. <laughs> story of what can happen when guilt starts eating a man's insides. He didn't intend to hurt all those people, but he did. He just happened to hit a sore spot they all had. And Wanda's secret was something very small, but she'd made it important. That's not so hard to do. You can hold a dime in front of your eye and black out a whole city. Pretty good writer once wrote, Thus doth our conscience make cowards of us all. Yeah, I guess everybody has a secret, something they'd rather nobody else knew. That is, everybody except you and me. <laughs> yeah. Copy, boy. Nightbeat, a new dramatic series, stars Frank Lovejoy as Randy Stone. Tonight's script was written by Joel Hunt. Nightbeat is edited by Larry Marcus and directed by Warren Lewis. Music is by Frank Worth. The part of Wanda was played by Joan Banks. Others in tonight's cast were Jeff Corey, Martha Wentworth, Betty Lou Gerson, Colleen Collins, and Will Wright. Frank Lovejoy will next be seen in Milton Sperling's production, Rock Bottom, released by Warner Brothers. Listen next week at this same time and every week as Randy Stone searches through the city for the strange stories waiting for him in the darkness. The stories that come out of the shadows to find their way into Night Beat. Now it's Brian Donlevy and Dangerous Assignment on NBC. And that's Night Beat from April 10th, 1950 with I Know Your Secret, starring Frank Lovejoy as Randy Stone. Also in the cast, Betty Lou Gerson, Colleen Collins, Jeff Corey, Joan Banks, Martha Wentworth, and Will Wright, sustained over NBC. Hope you enjoyed that. Lisa, are you ready for Burns and Allen? I sure am. On this particular episode, Gracie signs a new singer to a contract for the show. You'll hear uh, this new singer. His name is Jimmy Cash. And this is also the first show for Swan Soap, which I don't think exists anymore. We've talked about this. Swan Soap was their sponsor. Let's go back to October 7th, 1941, for part one of the Burns and Allen Show. Hello. Are you there? Well, we're here. Yes, sir. Swan, the new white floating soap, eight ways better than old style floating soaps, presents Paul Whiteman. Your Swanee announcer, Bill Goodwin. A singer, if we can find one. And well, I swan. Here are the stars of our show, George Burns and Gracie Alice. Hello, George Burns speaking. What? Yes, Mrs. Burns is home. Gracie, it's for you. Oh, thanks. Hello. Who? Oh, hello. Oh, I've got some wonderful news for you. George and I are going to work on our new radio program today. For us? Oh, thanks. Well, we've been just as worried about it as you have. <laughs> well, it's been awfully nice of you to call us every day. Goodbye. Who's that? The telephone company. <laughs> What are they worried about? They'll get paid. Well, Gracie, we've got to get to the studio. Where's my shirt? Uh, George, don't walk in front of that window in your underwear. 
You know how snoopy those people are who live next door. Oh, the last photo, huh? Yes, they're all sneaking around and peeking in our windows. Well, I think that's awful. Well, it certainly is. And to tell you the truth, you don't look as nice in your underwear as Mr. Lastfogel. <laughs> Gracie, please, I've got to find my shirt. Where's that made? Hilda! Hilda! Yeah, I'm Missy Ortsburn. Uh, where's my shirt? Hilda, where's my shirt? Gracie, why doesn't she answer me? It's her day off. <laughs> if it's her day off, what is she doing here? She lives here. And she gets paid here, too, a fine maid. When you want her, it's her day off. Oh, now, I think you're very mean to stand here and say things like that behind Hilda's back. Behind her back? Yeah, she's looking out of the window. Oh. <laughs> Hilda, Hilda, what are you laughing at? Doesn't Mr. Last Fogel look funny in his underwear? I'll bet it's the one with the green stripes. <laughs> get away from there, Hilda, and get out. <laughs> he does look funny at that. <laughs> what is that? That's Mr. Last Fogel laughing at you. Well, pull down that shade. We'll never get to the studio. Gracie, throw me my shoes. Here they are. Oh, well. I hope our show gets over. It'll be the first time we ever did a show without a singer. Oh, you're just saying that because you don't know Jimmy. Jimmy? Yeah. Who's Jimmy? The singer I signed. You signed the singer? Why not? He knows how to write. Gracie, since, since when have you become a talent scout? Well, I used to be a Girl Scout, and I figured if a girl could be a Girl Scout, a talent can be a talent scout. You figured that out yourself? Sure. Well, there's quite a difference. Talent Scout looks for talent, and the Girl Scout... Looks for girls. Yeah, looks for girls, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine that John Barrymore Girl Scout. Gracie, I don't want to get excited, but who is this singer? Well, his name is Jimmy Cash. I met him in a grocery store. You mean he was buying groceries? No, he was selling them. You signed a grocery club? Uh-huh. What kind of a voice has he got? Is he a baritone? Is he a tenor? Well, I don't know. I didn't hear him sing. You didn't hear him sing? Uh-uh. Well, then how do you know he had a good voice? Well, I knew it the minute I heard him. He said, a pound of cheese for Mrs. Breeze. <laughs> a pound of cheese for Mrs. Breeze? What did he do for an encore? He sold some fish to Mrs. Gish. Well, of all the imbecilic things to do, going into a grocery store and... Well... Here's the doorbell. I wonder who that can be. Well, maybe it's Tilda's boyfriend, Olaf Finn. She's got a date with him. Why doesn't she answer the door? It's her day off. I suppose I'll have to answer it. Just a minute. I'm putting on my robe. Uh, good evening, Mr. Burns. I am Olaf. I know, I know. Come right in. So you're Hilda's boyfriend? Hudson. <laughs> Hutsut, huh? Well, that's all I needed. That's a smart five-button suit you've got on, Olaf. Yeah, it's a little tight around the brawler, brawler. Oh, I think I get it. Brawler, brawler, suet. Hutsut. Hutsut, yes. <laughs> well, sit down. I'll call Hilda. Whoop. What was that? My riddler. I'll go in the kitchen and Hilda will sew it for you. Hot oh, go with that hot <laughs> Gracie! Gracie! 
You're right, I'm putting on my hat. Look, while I go and look for a shirt, will you phone Paul Whiteman and Bill Goodwin and you tell them that we're leaving? All right. Number, please. Operator, will you get me Paul Whiteman at the Hollywood Plaza Hotel and Bill Goodwin at our radio studio at the same time? Well, I want to tell them the same thing and it's silly to make two calls. Don't you think so? I have both your parties. Go ahead, Miss Allen. Hello? Hello, this is Bill Goodwin. Who's it? <laughs> you just told me it's Bill Goodwin. Now, guess who this is? Hello, this is Paul Whiteman. Why did you call me, Gracie? I didn't call you, Gracie. I called you Paul, Paul. Aha, <laughs> uh-huh, this is Gracie Allen. It is? Well, if you're Gracie Allen, who am I? Look, I'm Paul Whiteman. Oh, oh! Oh, I'm certainly happy you're going to be on our program. Well, thanks, Gracie, and I'm happy, too, because that new Swan soap is such a swell product. Gosh, it's eight ways better than old-style floating soaps. I can't wait to tell the people about it. Well, I'm glad you're so excited. Well, well, why shouldn't I be? You'd be, too, when you hear my new trumpet player. When he blows that horn, you should see just what comes out. Suds, suds, and more suds. That's what you get from Swan. Why, Swan suds twice as fast. Oh, gee, it sounds great. It's terrific. And what an arrangement I've doped up. Well, you just can't beat it. Break it in two and use half for the kitchen and half for the bath. Swan makes any soap and water job lots more fun. Really? Boy, my music will set your feet a moving. And it's easy on your hands, too. Why, Swan is pure, as mild as the finest imported Castile soaps. Try it in your shower or tub. With a bass fiddle slapping out a good hot chorus. In a green wrapper with a white swan on the front. My, that sounds exciting and pretty and confusing. Gracie, are you still on the phone? Oh, oh, well, goodbye, boys. See you at the studio. Well, I'm all dressed. Let's hurry. You ready? Oh, wait. I'll look in the mirror. Uh, hat and vest. That's right. Uh, two stockings. That's right. Three shoes. That's right. My gloves. Three shoes? Yeah, that's right. My gloves. Three shoes? Well, sure. It's much safer to put your money in your shoe than it is to put it in your purse. So you take along an extra shoe? Certainly. You're going to carry it in your hand? No, in the purse. (laughs) Well, that's a smart idea. Well, come on. Let's go. Wait a minute. Am I silly or am I silly? I forgot to put on my suspenders. Gracie, where are my suspenders? Oh, come on, George. That'll only hold things up. Let's go. Well, all right. I'll get a pair on the way. And that's the first portion of the Burns and Allen Show from October 7, 1941, where Gracie signs a new singer to a contract. That new singer is Jimmy Cash. And uh, Bill Goodwin doing the announcing on this show. Bill Goodwin was funny because he was like Don Wilson. He was part of the cast. He wasn't just like this third-party announcer. Bill Goodwin would would talk with Gracie and George Burns, sort of the integrated commercial for uh, Swan Soap. This was heard on KFI, the Red Network. Now, you know, NBC was the Red Network and the Blue Network. In about 1942, they became just one. They were split into two networks, but then they just became the NBC radio network, not the East and West Coast. So I hope you enjoyed that. We'll have the conclusion of the Burns and Allen Show on our next uh, episode of Hollywood 360. I would like to remind all of our listeners, though, that we give away 10 of the greatest classic radio shows of all time. That's right, 10 of the greatest shows of all time, including the Abbott and Costello's Who's On First. We have uh, Suspense, Inner Sanctum, Lights Out, uh, Burns and Allen, Gunsmoke. You name it, we have it. 10 of the best shows of all time. Just go to Hollywood360radio.com. At the very top of the website, you'll see 10 free shows. Click that. Put your uh, first and last name and your email address, and it unlocks a code to digitally download those 10 shows. So check that out at Hollywood360radio.com. Let's take a break. Then it's more on Hollywood 360.
More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Are you a fan of classic radio? Shows like Abbott and Costello. What's the guy's name on first base? No, what is on second base? I'm not asking you who's on second. Who's on first? One base at a time. Well, the... Gunsmoke. I'm that man. Matt Dillon, United States Marshal. Inner Sanctum. This is your host to welcome you in through the squeaking door. Fibber McGee and Molly. What day is this? Oh, no, let me see. This, dearie, is our 15th wedding anniversary. And many more. As a thank you for listening to this show, we want to give you 10 of the best classic radio shows of all time absolutely free. Just log on to Hollywood360radio.com to get them today. You'll receive complete episodes of Sam Spade, Escape, Fibber McGee and Molly, Suspense, Abbott and Costello, Inner Sanctum, X-1, Gunsmoke, Our Miss Brooks, and Lights Out. Just log on to hollywood 360 Radio. Com and receive your 10 free classic radio shows today. That's Hollywood360radio.com. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Hey, Lisa, next time you're going to be here? Of course I'll be here. Where else would I be? You know what we're going to hear next time? I sure do. What? Burns and Allen and what else? The, oh, shadow. the shadow. Yeah, the shadow. Who knows what evil lurks in the hearts of men, right, Lisa? Right, Carl. You know. I it's know. Like, you're like, uh, you're like Margot Lane, and I'm like Lamont Cranston, you and know? You can call me Margot Lane any day. I think we are a lot. And you know what? The broadcast date of the show we're going to hear on our next edition. Oh, your birthday? No, it's actually the same date as the War of the World. So this oh. broadcast aired wow. on the very date of the War of the World. So next time, it's Burns and Allen and The Shadow. We'll see you then.